have a Bible, if you'll join us in Psalms 100, we're going to do something a little different today. I don't know if either of us has ever done this before, Pastor Shauncey, but uh, we've got two church families and two pastors. We're going to tag team preach today. And so Pastor Shauncey and I, we're going to take one verse at a time with you. He's going to do a verse and I'm going to do a verse. So it's going to be like WWE. We're just going to tap in, you know, uh, tag in as it goes. But I told him to give you all both barrels and not to hold anything back. All right. So he's got liberty today. But uh, Psalms 100, if you're there with us, somebody say amen. If you're not there, look at your neighbor. Uh, Psalms 100, there's a pathway to God's presence, and it's with thanksgiving. In World War II, 1943, there was an American pilot named Fred Hargensheimer, all right? He was shot down over New Guinea, and local natives rescued him from the Japanese and cared for him. And after the war, Fred remembered his debt. He was forever, forever thankful. Somebody say, thankful. He was thankful, so he uh, went back home after the war, raised money to put a school on this island that saved his life. And then even 30 years later, Fred and his wife in 1970 would leave their home in Minnesota for New Guinea to spend 14 months developing a plantation at the school so they could be sustainable. Now, I don't know about you, how would you thank someone who saved your life? That every day that you got up, you realize that the only reason you're there kissing your kids that morning and seeing your spouse off to worth is because somebody years ago saved you and you were there. Every time that you walked into their presence, how would you act? Would you be thankful? Wouldn't you always remember that every time? How would it change you every time you saw them? Wouldn't your face light up? And even every time you argued with your family, your spouse, or you had a bad day and you got fired at work, don't you think Fred thought, even in this bad season, thank God I'm alive to experience it? Amen. Amen. You know, even in the bad times, God is always good. There's always something that we can be thankful <laughs> for. So we don't always, the problem though is we don't always live like the greatest human being ever to live this life died for you and for me. Amen. The greatest human being to ever live died for you. And sometimes the problems of life seem more real, though, than God. Why? Today, no doubt, in this room, there are people with health issues, marital issues, family struggles. Today, you can have financial difficulties. Maybe it's recent trauma. Maybe it's uh, recent losses in your life. Or maybe you've just been so busy trying to build a life that it's easy to lose sight of what's really going on. It's easy mm -hmm. to be bitter in the midst of pain. Sometimes it's easy to be hopeless when problems are always there to visit you in your sleep or they're in the mirror when you wake up every morning. It's easy to be negative when people have constantly disappointed you and situations don't work out like yeah. you thought they would. Amen. And it's easy to forget how blessed you are sometimes when life is just way too busy. And in Psalms 103, D.L. Moody, he was one of these great American evangelists, uh, back in the uh, mid-1900s. And D.L. Moody, uh, he said this one day in his sermon when he was preaching this, and it came to the verse, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And D.L. Moody stopped short. And he said, you can't remember. You can't remember them all, but don't forget them all either. Yeah. You can't remember them all, but don't forget them all either. Remember some of them. So why do you, why do you have a reason to praise the Lord? Amen. Why do you, I want you to think about it before we uh, read this text together. Why do you have a reason to bless the Lord? Is God good? Somebody say amen. Amen. Is he loving? 
Amen. Is he faithful? Amen. You see, even in the bad times, you can remember <laughs> that God, uh, to God, it, it hasn't always been like this, thank God, and it's not always going to be like this. Even in the bad times, you can be thankful that the thorns of this life are going to produce a rose in eternity. Amen. Even in the bad times, you can praise in the midst of problems, because when you praise, you're creating a pathway to God's presence. As you begin to praise, you are inviting God to come meet with you. And that's really what we want to talk to you this morning about. When you think about who God is, who He's made you to be in Christ, every one of us should be free to shout with joy, free to sing with praise, and even serve with gladness because praise is the pathway to His presence. Can we pray this morning, Father, in this next moment, as you, would you just anoint Pastor Shauncey and myself to give the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, as a congregation, have ears Amen. to hear. May we just invite your presence this morning in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Pastor Shauncey. All of God's people said, Amen. Amen. No, for real, Amen. Amen. Psalm of Thanksgiving, Psalm 100. Um, this particular psalm is a book of worship for Sabbaths. It's important um, um, feats. And, in other words, Psalm 100 is their final song. As we look at the psalm, Psalm 91 to 99 is a book of worship. Psalm 100 is the culmination of praise to God. It consists of two parts, verses 1 through 3. Uh, which is the, the, the psalm of procession, the portion of procession, the part of thanksgiving on the way to the temple, and then verses 4 and 5 for the thanksgiving service within the temple. Let's read Psalm 100. <clears throat> Can we do it together? You do it with me? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. What kind of noise? Joy. Now, see, Ellen, they already know this part, okay? Um, Verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. How? Gladness. Read with me. Come before his presence with singing. With what? Singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Who is he? God. Uh-huh. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. Who are we? And enter into his gates with thanksgiving. How so? and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Be what? And bless his name. Why? For the Lord is what? His mercy is and his truth endured to all generations. There we go. We find here that this particular psalm begins with a call to praise. A call to praise. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. This is a clarion call. It is a loud call. It is a clear call of invitation to thanksgiving. It is presented when God has specially answered a prayer. Listen, when God has specially answered a prayer. Perhaps you've been there that there's, that, that, that there's one thing that, that you've been praying for and it, it may seem like sometimes that God has forgotten all about you or that God is just not going to answer that prayer. It looks like it's, it looks like you're just not going to make it if God doesn't step in and do this, and all of a sudden, God steps in. This call, this invitation, is issued, first of all, 
to whom? It is issued to all the earth, all who hear, whosoever will, all who have breath, regardless of race, of color, of creed, of religion, national origin, height, weight, how much money you have or don't have, it is an all call, so to speak. It is a call, it is an invitation to what? To shout joyfully, to make a joyful noise. Yes, y'all, sometimes our worship is reflective. Sometimes it is subdued. Sometimes it is quiet. But there is also a time for loud, boisterous, loudly praise. Amen? Amen. Every now and then we just got to shout it out. Amen? Amen? Every now and then we've got to let somebody know what God has done for us. Amen? He, 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 he may do it for us over here in our secret closets, but, but when we come out of our closets, amen, we've got to let somebody know what God has done for us. Amen? Not only that, but we see here in verse 1 the object or the direction of the shout. Our shouting is not to our neighbor per se. Our shouting is not to a family member, but our shouting is to the Lord for the things that he's done for us. Amen? Shout to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's look at verse 2. Turn to your neighbor and say, shout. Shout. Now look at your other neighbor and say, serve. Serve. I don't know which one of you is the servant, but hey, no, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. The first word is serve. No one likes to be a servant, especially nowadays. It looks like a bad word. But what if I was to ask you, that, so let's say you went before the Queen of England just passed away, that you were able to go over there and you got to serve her tea before you died. Would you come home bragging to your family and friends that, oh my gosh, I got to serve the Queen of England tea? Wouldn't that be an honor and a privilege? Why? Because it's about who you're serving. Now what does it mean to serve the King of Kings? There is an honor in the position of serving royalty. Not everyone in all of Great Britain gets to serve the queen or the king because that is something that very few people that are high quality, high caliber, trained especially to do that. But you and I get to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How many think it's an honor to serve God? Amen. You see, it's about who you're serving. We know they don't feel like we're serving man. We're like, oh, you know, I'm really not really into serving my boss because they're not such a great boss. But you have the greatest God of all gods, and you get to serve Him. And in this one passage, the word serve there is a word that can mean work. It's avad. It can mean work in the uh, Greek, or it can mean worship, or in Hebrew, avad. In the Hebrew, it's work, or it's worship. Amen. Worship. You see, serving God is a form of worship. Serving God it sometimes may feel like work, but it's always worship. Romans 12, 1, you remember this? Present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice yeah. acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Amen. I really hate the term worship service because it kind of sounds like worship serves us. But worship is about serving God. And no matter what you're doing in life, everything is worship. Amen. Everything you do, Paul says, do everything you do as unto the Lord. So worship is serving. So there's this psalmist saying, out there you should be shouting. And as you're working through life, you should be worshiping. How do you worship? With gladness. How do I serve Him? With gladness. In gladness, in joy, in jubilation, in pleasure. That's what that word means. True worship is when someone gives up their lives to serve God happily. Why? 
Why is serving God something I can do joyfully, even if it doesn't feel joyful, even if it feels like work? Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field for which a man finding it, buries it again, and goes back, sells all that he has. And for the joy of the thing he's found, somebody say joy. joy. For the joy of the things he found, sells all to buy the land. So here's this. If you're not serving God joyfully, you might not have found the kingdom of God just yet. Amen. If this life is not joyful, the Christian life is not joyful, maybe you have only found religion and not really the God who is the one who's purchased your life. If you don't have joy, you haven't found it yet. You see, no matter what we go through, the fact that we know that Jesus Christ took up a cross here for us and play, made a place for us in glory allows us to serve with joy. You see, every cross here produces a crown there. Somebody say amen. Amen. So he says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. He says, joyful singing, songs of joy. So how can you sing songs of joy? For the joy set before him... He endured the cross. And see, that joy became yours. What Jesus Amen. purchased when he died on the cross. He said, there's something I'm purchasing for a joy set before me. Jesus purchased your joy. See, look, you may not feel in the natural always joyful, but there's something God has purchased for you that is heavenly. And any moment of any day, you can just sit there and say, God, I don't always feel it here, but I know by faith you've purchased this for me. And so, God, I'm just going to receive what I know in faith. Your word says it was a joy that you've purchased for me. And even though I don't have it here yet, I know it's already purchased there. And so I can sing even now in advance for what's coming, for songs of joy. You see, even if you have to stop, if you stop having a joyful and glad heart here, here's what you're going to find out. Life is going to begin to overtake you, even to destroy you. And uh, in Israel, in Deuteronomy, Moses says to them, he says, if you're not serving God gladly, Deuteronomy chapter 20, if you're not serving God gladly, here's yeah. what you're going to find. All the curses of this world are going to overtake you. Every bad thing the devil is going to use just to destroy you because you have to take that thing on with a song of joy. Praise puts God on the throne of your heart. So what have you been praising lately? Mm. Verse 3. Amen. <clears throat> First one gave us a call to praise. Verse 3 gives us a cause for praise. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who had made us. Who made us? God. And not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Self-knowledge, if you will, or knowledge of one's own self is interwoven into our knowledge of our God. Aside from knowing God, we can never fully know ourselves, nor can we reach our fullest potential. Amen? Amen. So who is God? I'm so glad you asked that. God is the first person of the Godhead. His name is Jehovah. There's only one true and living God. He's one of a kind. He's unique. There is none like him, the scripture says. He is infinite in being and perfect, perfection. He is self-existent. In other words, he exists all by himself. He doesn't need you or me or anybody else in order for him to be able to exist. Not only that, turn me down a little bit, please. My mic down just a little bit. He is also self-sufficient. Again, he can do it all by himself. He's, he's God all by himself without anything or 
anybody else. He is immutable. He does not change. The scriptures say to us, I am the Lord and I change not. Not only that, but the scripture goes on to say that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He, he is immense. He is immense. He is big. He is incomprehensible. The scriptures say to us that there is no searching of his understanding. Here's one of my favorite encounters in the Bible when Job, um, after he was going through all that which he experienced, he decided that he was going to question God. God said, I have an idea. And if I were there, I'd, I'd, I'd tell it to you exactly like it happened. But I wasn't there. But I can only imagine. When Job was asking God all the questions, God said, come, sit down, let's talk about this. Where were you, Job, when the morning stars sang and danced to me? Job, when the foundation of the earth was laid, where were you? J answer me, Job, if you know Job... Tell me where is it that I store the hail? Where is it that I keep the snow until I need it? And Job quickly said, God, you're too much. God, you're too big. God, God I can't, I, 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 I can't, I can't. God, you are, you are incomprehensible. I cannot understand all that you are and all that you know. Not only that, but God is almighty. He is most pure. He is most wise. He is most holy. He is most free. And the scriptures say to us that we are his people. Amen. My God. God is all of this and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He made us. We're not here by accident, by incident, by happenstance, or by coincidence. We're here because God intends for us to be here. I get so sick of hearing people say illegitimate children. I can't stand it. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm really not. Somebody said some time ago there are no illegitimate children. There might be illegitimate adults, but not illegitimate children. The scripture goes on to have us to understand that we belong to God. We belong to him he produced us, therefore he provides for us, and he protects us. Amen. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Lord, for recognizing and, and, and for accepting us as your own. Amen. So we shout joyfully as we're out there serving with gladness, and we're coming before him because we know who he is, and we know who we are in him. That's a big part of this Christian life, knowing who God is and knowing who you are in Him. And so that's the cause for praise, as Pastor Chauncey said. Next is the verse 4 is enter. Because once I know who He is and who I am in Him, I can come boldly before that throne of grace to find help in time of need. See, verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. Whose gates? His gates. With what? Thanksgiving. Whose courts? His courts. And with what? Praise. Praise. You see, a gate of thanksgiving. A gate of thanksgiving. Uh, a gate is how you get into something, right? Uh, outside of Israel and Jerusalem back in the day when David was writing this, in the day of the tabernacle or later on in the temple, there were gates. And to get into that place is what he's saying is as you come through the gates come into the city with thanksgiving. As you're getting closer to God, the door to get into God's presence is thanksgiving. Amen. That's how this works. Amen. See, there was this thank offering as they would 
they would come with their tithes and their offerings. One of the types of offerings was called a thank offering. It's one of the three types of fellowship offerings. And as a person came, let's say God saved them from death on the highway, or maybe from a, a perilous sea journey, or maybe their family was sick and God saved them. If God saved them from something like that, big death stuff, they would come with a thank offering, and they would come with some bread, some cakes, and some oil. They'd make their sacrifice, but then the bread and the cake and the oil, they would give it to the priests, and together they and the priests would have a meal of thanks. What does that mean? That God wants fellowship with Amen. you. Amen. Amen. There's something about when you come to God in thanks, it's inviting to say, God, thank you for the sacrifice that was made. God, thank you for saving me from death. And as you enter into his presence with thanksgiving, you begin to commune with God. Amen. He says, I want to eat with somebody like that. That's the kind of person Amen. that when they come with an offering of thanks, I want to have fellowship with them. Jesus, what did he do the night before he was going to die on the cross? What were they doing? Eating together. How many say amen to that? Right? Amen. We're, we're Southerners. We love to eat. Man, uh, God likes to eat with you. He wants to have relationship with you. He's not just interested in saving your eternal soul. He amen. wants to be with you on this whole journey. He wants to fellowship with you. That comes with Thanksgiving. How many people have been saved from death? Amen. Amen. Have fellowship with God. Gates of thanksgiving. The next he says, now go through the courts with praise. So after you get through the court or the gate, you would enter into a court. And in the temple, there were multiple courts that led you into the most holy place, which is the inner, 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 innermost courts. He says, as you come through these gates, come with thanksgiving. As you get into the courts, start praising. Amen. You see, courts are the places, though, that really uh, are before a throne of a king. See, this tabernacle, this temple down on the earth was symbolic of something great in heaven. And on, in heaven there is an eternal throne, and sits on that throne as the Ancient of Days, the King of Kings. And he says, as you stand before the throne, as you get into these courts, and as you progressively get closer to God, I believe what he's saying is your praise should increase. Praise is a declaration of what God's done for you. I'm coming with thanksgiving. And then I think about all that's done. I love that song we sang this morning. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, makes Amen. me want to shout. Because when Amen. I think about all that he's done in thanksgiving, it results in praise. And as you praise, you get closer and closer into his courts, deeper and deeper. And this life is a journey. Listen to me, you and I are going to end up one day standing before the throne of God with the Ancient of Days, the King of Kings there. You're going to stand before that throne. And that is going to be the best praise service the world, the universe Amen. has ever seen. Even Revelation says in chapter 5 says, And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and the sea, and they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever. What are we saying? Every day that you walk through this life, you're shouting, Amen. you're serving with gladness, you're realizing more and more who God is and who you are in Him. And as you come, you're coming to His presence every day in your prayer life, every day in your, your worship life. You're coming with thanksgiving. Paul says in Philippians, he says, when you come, and I'm, I'm remembering these things, and with thanksgiving, I'm making my requests known to God. I'm thanking God before I ever ask Him for anything. I'm thanking God before I ever ask Him for anything. He's coming with thanksgiving. And then he begins to praise God. Why? Because as I praise God, I have faith that what I'm about to ask for, he can answer. I'm coming with a realization of who he is, who I am in him, what he's done for me in the past, and in the present, I'm praising, and that praise leads into his presence. Amen. And this life is a continual succession of courts. Let's follow with me. As they were going through deeper and deeper courts to get to that holy place, I believe this life is just a succession of seasons. Amen. Every season of your life, you have a choice to praise God. 
and it's going to go through this wall and this wall and this door and this door until one day you're going to stand there in the most deepest place of worship you could ever be. You see, you and I are all on a pathway to praise God face to face. And I'm just saying, how about we just start taking it more and deeper and deeper along this journey called life and saying, God, in this season, I'm going to praise you. Go through that next season with Thanksgiving, I'm going to praise you. Go through this season, I'm going to praise you until I get to that final place where I bless you forever. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so again, where uh, verse 1 gave us a call to praise, verse 3 gave us a cause for praise, and now verse 5 gives us the culmination, if you will. Again, it says, For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth and His faithfulness endures to all generations. Notice this. If you've seen it, if you've read it before, notice after that, it's not a question mark there, is it? No, it's a period. You know why? It's not a question. It's the answer. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and His truthfulness, His truth is endures to all generations. That is the answer. The Lord is good. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if we could grasp on to the idea of the goodness of the Lord, I think we would do well. Amen? Amen. 24-7, 365 days a year, no days off, no holidays, the Lord is good all of the time. Somebody said, from the rising of the sun, he's good. To the setting of the same sun, he is still good. Every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, of every decade, of every century, of every millennium, God is good. Amen? Amen. He's good, y'all. He's good. God is good. And because he's good, the psalmist says, his tender, benevolent affection is eternal. Amen? Amen? His faithfulness is from generation to generation. So let's see if we can tie it up. This, this is LNA's favorite part when I say, let's see if we can tie it up. That means we're at the end. <laughs> As we prepare to celebrate our national day of thanks, sometimes maybe in this year, it seemed like we've had no hope, no reason, no cause to be thankful. I want to let us know we still have cause. We still have reason. We still have hope to be thankful even on today. For those times of our lives that, that were filled with setbacks and setups, we still have a cause to say thank you, Lord. When we have more month than money, despite our situations, our circumstances, our conditions, we still have a reason to be thankful. Yeah, how? Why? Because the God of heaven and the God of earth is calling us. Yes, he is inviting us to come and even come together to give him an offering of thanksgiving. Just the very idea that he's allowing us to come into his presence is a blessing within itself. Not only for what he has already done for us, but for, for what he is currently doing and for what God will do. Amen? Amen. Yes, and, and as Brother Heath said, I think he's been stealing my 
my notes, yes, we can still come boldly before the throne of grace. And when we get there, when we get here, we will still find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. And my God, that's something for us to be thankful about. Amen. Now, how do we respond? Would you stand up with us this morning? This is the most important part of the day where we're going to act out and, <laughs> and respond. Now, this is one of those sermons that you can't just go home to. You've got to put something into action with it. So if you would take a moment, can we bow our heads and our hearts and close our eyes this morning? And before we move any further, the most important part of this day is that if you are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't have a hope, you don't have a reason every day to get up, with new joy and peace, and you don't have peace in your heart that if you died today, where would you spend eternity? You know that Jesus loves you, and God sent his son into the world that he might save the world, and that God loved this world so much he would give this world his son to be an atonement, to stand in the gap for its sin. And on him lay all the sin of the world so that you might have life and life everlasting. And the Bible says if you would confess and believe, by turning from having control of your life and turning your life over the will and control of God and surrendering yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ by faith, believing in what the Bible says is true. You shall be saved. You'll receive new life. The Holy Spirit will come in your heart, making you born again, alive with Christ. The old things will pass away. New things will come. You'll be able to hold on to every promise that we've mentioned here this morning, that every day is a good day in Jesus Christ. And God is on his throne watching this morning. Holy Spirit is in the room. And he's looking and saying, is there anyone here I don't have fellowship with? Is there anyone here who wants to live in my blessing? If you're here today and you say, Pastor Heath, Pastor Shauncee, I don't, I don't know the Lord. I, if I died today, I don't know where I would spend eternity. We want to take a moment and just...